Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of The Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests, so go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey everyone, it's Winter with the Shift Spotlight, and today we are here with Kenny Rose. He is going to be talking to us about franchise brands, how to maximize investments with franchises and operations, and he can be found at franshares.com. That's F-R-A-N shares.com. So Kenny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Winter. Really excited to be here. So um, I've done a lot of research on you, and it looks like you've got just a ton of experience on franchise evaluation. So at a high level, why don't you tell us what you do? <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, I spent about a decade in the franchise brokerage space, so really helping people like evaluate and understand what it's like owning a franchise, recommend specific brands to them, and coaching the research and purchase process. And you know, over time, I, I realized that there's a big disconnect between people who have capital and people who actually want to run franchises and even people who want to run them or even people just want to benefit off them don't have six or seven figures of cash laying around. And so that's why we created Franchares, which is the first platform that lets anyone invest in franchises just like you could stocks uh, for as little as $500. So if you're familiar with like Fundrise or Masterworks, it's like that for franchises. Gotcha. Okay. So then you know, we hear a lot of alternative assets being discussed and investing in alternative assets and diversify, especially, you know, in the uncertain times that we have with the war going on. And, you know, so what should people know about investing in alternative assets for 2023 and 2024? You know, it's really important to not just like put it all into one category and say, hey, all alternatives are good. It's like saying all stocks are good. So I find it's really important to like understand the pros and cons of each different one. Like some you have to hold for longer, some produce income, some are more tied to the market, some are very far away from the market. And you know, so it's important to see like depending on what your investment goals and time horizon and risk is, you know, making sure that the different alternatives are right for them. Cause you know, some things might scare the hell out of you when it comes to alternatives. Others are like, that makes a ton of sense. You know, most people invest in real estate and that's like, like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Gold is like one of the classic investments you could ever have. But then more recently, I'm like crypto and NFTs. And, you know, that's just a whole bunch of confusion. And to be honest, it's terrifying. So uh, I'd say there's no one size fits all, like what's good alternatives for you. But it's like any investment. You got to do your research. Like if you just start sending money off in the nether, you're probably not going to see it back. So I'm always a big fan of uh, education first and foremost. You know, I had, um, I would see those commercials like buy gold, buy gold. You should invest your money in gold. And I remember talking to my financial planner one day about it. And he's like, isn't it funny how these companies will take your cash for gold? Because <laughs> they're like, you know, buy gold, buy gold with cash. You don't want to hang on to cash. You want to hang on to gold, but we'll take your cash for the gold. Yeah, I do yeah. think it's funny because that, that is one of those, you know, do your research. Think about it, right? Yep, exactly. So, 
you know, what kinds are some, what are some other kinds of tangible business assets that qualify as an alternative asset that would be, you know, interesting to investors or that are exciting right now? You know, it, it really depends on your situation because like there's everything from like startup investing, like you can check out things like Start Engine and you're getting in very early into, you know, startup companies, but they also, that also tends to carry with it like higher risk and you want to you know, think longer on your time horizon for it. And then sometimes you're looking at like, hey, maybe an existing business. And, you know, it depends on like if you're working with people, if you're a silent investor, who that operator is going to be. Uh, obviously, I'm extremely biased towards franchising because I spent a decade in it. Um, but then you can also look at things like private equity and hedge funds. Uh, you know, a lot of times the problem that you'll run into, it just depends if you're an accredited investor or not, because, you know, access can be really limited for a lot of offerings to just being that accredited investor with that, you know, high net worth status or high, high earner status. So then, you know, you've got a lot of franchise experience. Why, why don't you own a franchise as opposed to owning, you know, this company that you started, FranShares? You know, I checked my bank account. I didn't have a million bucks laying around. So uh, I, I had to go do something else. <laughs> but um, no, I you know, cut my teeth in the franchise world. So I, you know, I mentioned I was on the franchise brokerage side of things. But franchising, when most people hear that, they think of like fast food and you know McDonald's, Subway, Taco Bell. But the company I was with was a franchise itself. So they have a franchise for selling franchises or even business brokers, uh, hair care, automotive. Like it's every industry you can imagine. And so- right. um, uh, you know, one thing that I'd say really drew me to it was just that it's not what people expect. And it's something that like, I mean, again, it's like that thing if you say every stock is good, like that's not true. Just like saying every franchise is good. That's not true. And so, um, you know, I was really drawn to this way of like how to like start a business for yourself, not by yourself. And so I got into this franchise and, uh, you know, I was working under the franchisee for Southern California and uh, yeah, I wanted to go buy a territory. These guys weren't going to sell. They were loving their life. And the only available territory was in, um, I think it was uh, Iowa, maybe. It was somewhere I was not planning on moving to. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I got to look for another step in my career path. And uh, I ended up starting my own brokerage because, uh, again, I love the franchise world. And I still didn't have that seven figures in the bank. And, um, you know, honestly, that's what led me to creating this. That I'm a victim of the same problem that most people have. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. So let's let's shift gears and let's talk about. So you're the CEO, and you know a lot of companies they don't make it, right? They 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 start out their startups, right? I mean, I, I would I would assume like on Start Engine you would have a lot of people that could have some really incredible returns, but also just lose their investment because yeah. you know it's hard. So what's been the most difficult part of your CEO journey, and how have you handled that? You know, funny enough, like I've always been self-employed or in sales. And so like, I'm not used to having employees generally. Like, I was really more of like a one-man band most of the time. And um, right. so, honestly, that was like, we ended up uh, fundraising for the company with some uh, venture backing. And that was one of the pushbacks I got was like, honestly, it was just me and an idea at the time. I, it was, I felt like it was like really crucial to do it then because pandemic was tearing the world apart and people were gambling on the stock market. So I didn't have a team ready, but I went out and raised and some of that pushback was like, hey, you got to go build a team. And you've never done that before. And I'm like, yeah, but I know people. And so I'm, you know, I hear some founders say hire fast, fire fast. That is, I, I'm not a fan of that personally. I think it's hire slow and keep them. And um, which I know it's very wishful thinking, but, you know, that was the hardest part was learning like how to hire the right people, how to evaluate, how to like 
train up and really just make sure we're creating leaders and everyone feels impactful. And you know, a big part of that was I surrounded myself with a bunch of advisors. So I had an advisor for marketing, startups, uh, for, you know, more in the franchise world, uh, all venture investing. And so as I'm hiring people, I would tap my advisors who came from that field and I would actually have them help me interview because as much as like, I love marketing, it's a great passion of mine, but do I know how to interview a marketer? I mean, there's a lot of marketers who are good salespeople and don't actually ever deliver. I can't tell me times I've heard like, oh, I hired this guy for SEO, paid him for six months and nothing happened. Um, yep. And, uh, well, that's, so that's, that's right there. The SEO didn't good, do a good job to tell you that it takes more than six months to really yeah, get it going. But, exactly. Um, exactly. So that's another another conversation for another day. So okay. where did you find these advisors? So you, you had the marketing advisor and you had the systems advisor. Like, where did you find out? How, how did you go about, you know, finding them? You know, part industry experience, part I'm just a people person. And so um, mm -hmm. yeah, somewhere like uh, they came from the franchise world. I'd known them for years. Um, there were some that were investors in the company. And then, um, honestly, LinkedIn was a great resource. I build up relationships there all the time. And so there are some people I knew for years. And, uh, you know, we, we would just, like, comment on each other's posts on occasion. But, like, I saw what they did and really respected their work and asked them, you know, for a hand. And, um, you know, it's right. always those who are going to, like, work with you because they believe in it, not because they're just trying to get something out of it. Like, eventually, you know, all my advisors earn equity over time. But, you know, some people just want to, like, come in and not offer you any help and say, you got to give me everything. It's like, ah. I don't really know who you are yet. And, um, you know, right. some of them found me too, like other people in like the investment banking space and uh, venture space, like they heard about us and they're like, this is a great idea. I'd love to be a part of it. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, because they have such great uh, background and I can't hire them. So I went for the next best thing, which was tap them as advisors. And yeah, I'd like say right. I don't know most things, but I surround myself with people that do. And I like to be a phone call away from someone who's going to give me the hard, honest truth. And even with hiring, you need that out of people. It's, like, again, I love marketing, but two of our advisors, they uh, were founders of one of the largest direct consumer marketing agencies in the country. And so they've mm -hmm. hired hundreds of people each. And so, you know, we we would hop on a call, like we'd always book them for 15 minutes because also usually within five, you've got a very good feel on the person, uh, like if you want to keep talking to them. And, um, right. you know, having people who've just done that so many times for those roles, they can ask, they can, you know, help assist the questions of like, does this person really know what they're talking about or are they good at bullshitting? Sorry if this is a- uh... Right. No, it's fine. You're a good company. I have four brothers. What can you do oh, here? Oh, man. I, I'm one of three brothers. I thought we had a rowdy household. That must have been a hell of a time. <laughs> yeah. No, my my name's Winter. I have a sister named Summer and then four brothers, all with normal names. So. Oh, my God. That um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, so then, you know, you said the hardest, the hardest thing was people. So how did, how did you make adjustments or let me rephrase the question. How do you drive accountability in your people to take ownership of their, their roles? Because look, businesses break for two reasons and two reasons only it's process and, and people. Yep. And if one of those two things are not done and done well, you know, business isn't working out. So how did you get a handle on the people side since that was your biggest challenge of it. Yeah. Well, you know, one was like working with my advisors on like how to set up the best plans for success for these specific roles. Like what do we want out of them? And, you know, like most business planning, 30, 60, 90 days a year from now. And, you know, making that clear to them. Accountability. So accountability. Yeah. So accountability. Yeah. And um, also empowerment. Like, honestly, I think a lot of people are often mistreated by bosses. I, 
the last job I had. Uh, I had a horrible boss that made my life a nightmare. And I vowed to never have that with people that ever work for me. And so, you know, when I hire these people, I tell them I'm not here to micromanage you. I'm, you got an opportunity here. You can take it and run with right. it or, you, you know, flush it away. Like this is going to be big. You either believe in that or if you don't. And I think people really like that. Sorry. I, I know my employees really love that. I say, I trust you. I believe in you go build. And like, you know, no one wants to have someone looking over their shoulder all the time. You know, happy people produce better results. And I'd like to make people yeah. happy, you know. We uh, did this marketing seminar. Um, it was like a free four-part series about, um, you know, how to market in, as a CEO and business owner. And also how we did another another series on like the whole human capital aspect. And that was so awesome because what we learned is that at, at any given point, you can have up to five generations working in your company at the same time. And so you got to speak to this generation this way and write to this generation this way. And once you learn that, and then you do those things like you give them um, trust and you give them, you know, a, a long leash and you let them do their things, but you're able to communicate with them in the way they understand, like a baby boomer would want paper. I'm not a baby boomer. I just happen to have paper. <laughs> I mean, they want paper. You know, they would want a memo kind of deal. Whereas like a millennial would, would want a text. And so it was really, really interesting to see how you can address, you know, how you how you want to drive growth in your organization by simply just meeting people where they are. In the days of like, hey, I'm paying your paycheck. You do it my way. They're gone. You know, because if you have good talent, you will do what you can to keep them. And uh, it is a it is a different world out there right now. So I, I don't hold um, give opportunities. <laughs> exactly. So what would you say are the are the top three things impacting your company right now, either positively or, you know, it's a challenge right now? Um, you know, one of them is kind of a double edged blade, which is the market, because people are yeah. terrified of the market. But at the same time, I mean, that makes people want to like pump back investing sometimes, but at the same time, they're also looking for where can I put my money elsewhere? And so, right. um, uh, you know, people are looking to get out the stock market some more. They're looking for alternatives and honestly looking for stuff they actually understand. So like, I, you know, you can look at it, what was me, the market or the market's giving you opportunity. Um, another big impactful thing is, uh, well, actually they all kind of tie back to the market. You know, we fundraise as a startup and that comes back to the market, like how many dollars are out there. Um, I'd say the, uh, hmm, I guess how you work with your vendors, I think is a really understated one because frankly, they're your support systems in these different areas and they can make or break you. And so it's really important to like, Especially in the, if you've like got technology, like the investing side of what you're talking about, right? Like, like you don't sit there and write code every day, but you, you need to work with the people who do. And if you don't have a good relationship with them, yeah. <laughs> they or, take or away also, the platform. <laughs> yeah, it's also really about like vetting, like what their experience is, because people can say great things and, you know, sometimes yeah. they're true, sometimes they're not. And so uh, that's why you always got to like talk to other customers and, uh honestly just keep pushing them to get as much information as you want because what they don't want to give you there's usually a reason why um right and then uh thirdly i um you know i, I almost want to say remote is a uh i don't know if that's, sure if that's too broad of a topic but you know the ability to hire people from wherever in the country and to like yeah. work with people everywhere so like you know investing in franchises all over the country like 
I have Zoom meetings with our franchisees to talk with them. And, you know, it's like I in the past, I would have always said I need an office. Uh, I need people around. Like I am a people person. But frankly, this allows us to really leverage it. Like if it was just phone calls and I used to be a phone warrior. Like I know how to do it. But frankly, I, I think, dial for dollars, dial for dollars. <laughs> I've dialed dollars many years and uh, don't plan on going. Eh, eh. You're, all, you're always going to have to keep picking up the phone when you're in charge. <laughs> and um it's uh it's something where I think people just uh you know really get more opportunity, even though it sucks, it's not the traditional way of doing it. But you know, especially with Zoom, you get to do like both the voice and the face. And I think it's just so much more impactful. I mean, frankly, there's people who are listening it versus watching this. And I think that's, that's right. you know, people communicate in different ways. And you know, for what I, I'm a people person, I want to see how you're talking, what you're saying, and uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to hide behind your uh, emotions on a camera. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so how long have you been in business? And so tell me that first. How long have you been in business? Uh, about 18 months now. Uh, so we raised okay. a uh, venture found, uh, around like a couple months before that and then uh, had to build everything up and got launched. So what would you say to yourself, like a younger self, doesn't matter where you are in your younger journey, but like av after doing this and building your company to where it is now, what advice would you give your younger self having done it for a while? Do it sooner. <laughs> uh, honestly, because, I, you know, I spent a lot of years like building my own business before. And, you know, honestly, like the thing that got me to go and start this was, yeah, I mentioned pandemic hits and people are talking about gambling on the stock market, you know, sports on. And my God, if this was already out there and people could move money off the stock market then and go invest in like local franchises, I mean, we'd have a billion in assets under management right now. And uh, so, you know, I just wish we did it earlier, better late than never. But um, I'd say that and uh, learn to let go. You know, delegating was not my strong suit either uh, to start off. Like, yeah. I, like even if even there are people that are working for me, I want to help. Uh, I just can't do everything. And so, uh, you know, it comes to the point where my teammate, my uh, teammates are like, hey, you got you just give us this, like, go, go. I know you need to focus more on these things. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, more. It's it's funny that they have to pull it out of me when I think they're more used to like people just dumping things off on their desk. Yeah. Do you think you've gotten to a better place where you're working on the business versus in the business, or do you still find yourself kind of in the business and this fire happened this day and got to go handle that that day? Or where where are you? Because eighteen months isn't that long. Yeah, I mean it's a startup. You're still in the middle of everything, but I've been getting better about working on the business a lot more. Um, you know, it's like mm -hmm. we're building a foundation and I don't want to just like, again, dump it off on other people to go figure it all out themselves. It's, uh, you know, I, I had the idea for this seven or eight years ago and, um, you know, I take great care with it. This is honestly my live stream to make this all work. And so like, I don't want to dump things off on people. It's also not high truthful anyway. And so, uh, you know, I'm still working on it or in it for now and, uh, we'll yeah. get more to on it. Um, that also comes like, as you expand the team. And so, uh, you know, we're hiring some more super real soon here. And so I'm excited for that. It's like building out yeah. an operations team. Like that, those were in our first hires. I'm like, all right, throw it on my shoulders. Let's go along with my, like my team is just the most helpful. And, um, but then like getting like specific operations people on board was just the best help. They're like, Hey, you don't have to do these things anymore. I'm like, Oh no, really? That's great. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I know. I know it's, it's. 
what we really find, because like we work with entrepreneurs and business owners who are, they're just stuck in it really. And it's because they had a skill set and they started this business. And next thing they know, now they're running this big company. And a lot of them are accidental entrepreneurs. Um, but what you talked about with the advisors, it's almost like you did a little commercial for us, even though we've never met before. <laughs> we we have, um, you know, advisors in the top six areas that businesses need to scale. So marketing, sales and processes, sales and marketing, process and systems, uh, leadership, human capital, the, you know, those things that make your business tick. We bring all those advisors in one place. And so that business owner can get that multi-million dollar advice without the price tag, because if you were to go hire that advisor, or if you don't have a company where you can give equity stake like what you did, then it's a way for them to kind of get that advice. Because, okay. I mean, I think, you know, like everybody, they didn't, a lot of our clients, like they didn't plan for this business. It's like the business sort of happened to them. Yeah. You know, uh, we talked to, you know, Dean Wegner, he's on Fox all the time. He does the American made shirts. You know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Um, veteran owned American made, you know, and he, he, that business just fell on his lap. You know, he's, yeah. he was a veteran and people think that he makes this, you know, go army beat Navy t-shirts, but no, his, his main business is actually t-shirts and like, um, um, reproducing marketing materials for companies like that. So it's interesting because he was a veteran. He wanted to do something for veterans. The whole thing just fell in his lap, you know, that's and retail. That's a, do you have any retail franchises? That's a tough business to be in. <laughs> yeah, we've got a little bit of everything. And uh, yeah, there's pros and cons to all of them. So curious, where do you see yourself investing resources for the next year? Ooh, great question. Um, I mean, honestly, I think people... Like pe people are what make businesses grow, but marketing is also, also a huge one for us. Like basically we created a brand new asset class. So like people need to hear about it. And so, um, you know, you got to go to like where people are learning about things. So like a lot of like newsletter advertising tends to do really well for us. Like we like to go where people are learning. Cause I mentioned education is so important. I like people who are getting educated and you know, they're looking for things like this and they're in that education mindset. So um, yeah, marketing and people would definitely be my, my two big ones there. So what would you say to people who are nervous about marketing right now, nervous about bringing people on right now, nervous about the economy right now? And I mean, in general, I've been, I've been hearing a lot of buzz on the street that people are like pulling back and they're just a little more timid and like, they're not as confident. So what would you, how would you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, it really depends what industry you're in because sometimes they might be right. Like if you're selling cruise vacations, then like, you might be a little worried if the economy goes down versus like, you know, we do franchise and like waste management and automotive. And yeah. It's like, that stuff's going to be very okay. Um, so it really, really depends on your industry, but I'd say like, you know, you kind of sit back and be like, what are you waiting for? Like you, you say like, not now, when, you know, like when's going to be that point where you feel okay? Because but most people don't think about it. They're like, Oh, it's like you said, Oh, it's bad out there. Well, what's good enough for you? Like, when are you at that point? Like, what do you need to hear certain things on the news? Because, Frank, we've been hearing about recessions for the last year. I feel like every quarter it's like, oh, it's coming next quarter. Now the, the talks have calmed down and they flare back up. So it's, you know, like it's good. Information age is crazy right now. And so like you're going to yeah. keep hearing stuff either way. So you really need to like take self-inventory. Like, what do I need to hear? Like, that's honestly, like I said, why I got this going. I was stuck in that same problem before. I 
had my own brokerage and I was working with individual clients and I had the idea for franchise years before, but I was like, I want to go learn how to build my own business first. And like, I'll eventually start that. And then I was fortunate enough to get the kick in the head reading that article about the stock market. And I was like, oh, that's it. Now's the time. I wasn't thinking what I was looking for to go make those steps. And frankly, I wish I did because, you know, if I had, you know, five years before I started this, like made that plan, I probably could have started franchise two years before. And then by the time the pandemic hit, what would have been amazing. Yeah. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, we are all of the people <laughs> that didn't buy real estate in 2009, yeah. you know, and then in 2000 and I'm sorry, 2012, that was the absolute bottom. In 2013, it all started to turn around, but everybody in 2012 is going, it's going to keep going, it's going to keep going. And it didn't. So nobody yeah. rings a bell at the top. Nobody rings a bell at the bottom. You know, you just got to do it when it, it hits and when it's right for you. So and honestly, like these people know their businesses the most. And so it's like, what's going to make your business successful? Like, who are the customers? What needs to happen in their lives? You know, and so like I think really identifying what the environment around needs to be, because I think, you know, Warren Buffett usually says, like, when everyone else is uh, pulling out, that's your time to go in. And so yeah. like, it could be an amazing time for you, but like, yeah, it's scary. And honestly, it's never not going to be scary. Like the only times it's not scary is when people are being really reckless. And frankly, you're going to run into stuff. Like, you know, I mentioned all the, like, well, all the crypto stuff started popping up afterwards. Like I knew the market was going to get crazy. I didn't realize how crazy. And so like, yeah. you know, you could, it's always like people rag and rag and rag. And also like, oh, this is the best. It's like, everyone kind of follows what everyone else is doing. And frankly, the people who make all the money are the ones who didn't, you know, they, they did right, things right. before. And so, uh, you know, that's, what's important is like, it's, it's never not going to be scary, but you, you know, like, is this actually not a good time or does it just feel like a good time? And then uh, right. you, you got to jump. It's never going to be easy. You got, you got to get out. <laughs> and also like all the, all the experts that we deal with in our community, you know, what they say is during these times, double down on marketing more than ever, because your competitors not, they're going to pull back. They're going to shrink. They're going to play small. So then you go in extra hard. And then it's also just continually staying in front of people, letting them know I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. And I, I found in my own business quite a bit, you know, whenever I have gone against the grain and not been the sheeple, I call them, <laughs> that's when I've had the most success. Whenever, you know, you move here and everyone starts following you there, that, that, or you start following, that's when it never goes well for me. I, I always need to do something really different than everyone yeah. else my, my, but um I have a, a joke about that we call it the left lane theorem he pulled me out of high school the left, lane? left lane theorem like okay and um yeah he pulled me out of he pulled me out of high school for a day and it was like a speaker i mean a sales and self uh, motivation like conference thing like that like you had like zig Ziglar, cool. um marty schottenheimer was there like i think it was actually the day after he got fired from the charger so like you had a bunch of great speakers there and he takes me to this thing we start going there and, you know, the exit starts coming up and the line is just backed up for miles. It is a madhouse. And, um, you know, my dad kind of looks at me, he's like, how much you, how much you want to bet if we go in the left lane and we can just pass all these guys, you can just get off the next exit, come back around, it'll be totally fine. Or like, worst case scenario, we're back right where we are. I'm like, let's go. And so we go to the left and we just pass all these cars. And then all of a sudden it turns out there's another lane that exits off this freeway. Yeah. And so yeah. already we're like, 
oh, we don't have to go to the next exit. We just got to go this other direction. And then we start going there and we see everyone else is in this lane because it goes straight into the convention center. We turned left and then we turned right and we were in. And so- I love that. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, you know, everyone's, left angle by the way, it's everyone's going right, go left, you know, just uh, stay off the path of others. Because frankly, no one that you know their name big in business was ever like, Oh yeah, I heard everyone was doing this. So I decided to also do it. It's like, no, they took a giant yeah. super early. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My husband, I do that in concert lines all the time. Like I'm just like, sure. And he can't stand it. And I'm like, babe, we're not doing anything wrong. You know, like there's nobody in this line. Yeah. It's just that people people think that you should be in the line. That's the line. And he yeah. he thinks of it as cutting. And I'm like, it's not cutting it's seeing the path <laughs> yeah i tell people uh, it's like, it's nobody's like, in the uh, line the left lane theory yeah when you go to the uh to the airport never go to the first coffee place because it's literally where everyone goes you go to the next one yeah guaranteed true. half the line if not less <laughs> that's true same with the bar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well this was awesome um if people want to get a hold of you what is the best way you know, uh, two main ways. One, I'm really big on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people and connecting where I can. So add me on there. Mention that you heard us on the show here. And then um, also you can check out franchshares.com. And if you're not watching and been staring at this the whole time, it's like shares of franchises. So franchshares. Franchshares. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Enjoy the time. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience, and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success, all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world. And we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.